Hi, I'm Rosie, and you're listening to the second season of What Does Your Family Look Like? Well, today we are here with Carolyn, whose Grandma Josie fits right into our theme of everyday people. As a young girl, she persevered in the face of great hardships and challenges. She was forced to leave her home at a young age to seek employment due to the untimely death of her father. Her resourcefulness and optimism were essential parts of her character, which served her well throughout her life. So many rich stories about your Grandma Josie. Let's just dig in. Sounds great. And thank you for having me because, first of all, it's a pleasure to be on your podcast. And second of all, to talk about one of my absolutely favorite human beings. So um, I really appreciate you. And I know you got to know Josie a little bit while she was living with me. And and I think it was impossible for anyone who met her not to get that incredible spirit of hers instantly absolutely. upon meeting her. So. Absolutely. Yeah. I was in the hospital. You needed a babysitter. <laughs> For yes. a couple hours we and she did. was in the hospital. We did. Um, because even though she was in the hospital, she was still pretty spunky. Oh. And um, she really just was at a point right after her surgery where I think she didn't realize that she was limited and needed help still to get up. So yeah. at what age would that be? She was about 96, I yeah. think, when she had the surgery. And so... Her balance was a bit off, but she still felt like, you know, she should be able to get up and go to the restroom by herself or get her pajamas on. And so, yeah, you met her. I think we were having a family meeting yeah. uh, planning for where she was going to go after the hospital. And you sat with her. I did. And she told me her story. And she start, started talking about the coal mines. And I don't know where you want to yeah. start exactly. Well, that's but go probably right ahead. a great place. So. Um, she was a coal miner's daughter, for real. Um, she lived in Pennsylvania um, near the anthracite mines, and she lived in a place called Forest City. Uh, her mom and dad came over from Yugoslavia. Her father came over first and um, worked and bought a home, got set up in the United States, and went back to Yugoslavia to um, marry the bride that he had arranged. Um, his it was a arranged ma- marriage. It was the matchmaker arranged marriage, um, but it wasn't to Josie's mom. Hmm. It was to Josie's mom's sister, who, uh, upon seeing her new husband come back from America, husband to be, decided she was really scared and didn't want to leave her family and her village and everything she knew. And my great-grandmother, Josie's mom, was like, I'll go. So back in the day, that's what she did. So she married Antone. Her name was Josephine. And she married Antone. And she came with him to the United States and settled in. And they had um, they had their children, the oldest of which was my grandma Josie. And she was the eldest. Um, and her father was a miner. Her mother worked keeping the home, really, and raising her children. And she did all sorts of side work. Her mom uh, worked, uh, had a beautiful garden. She also took in uh, sewing work from a local dress factory, and she would embroider collars and uh, cuffs for little girls' dresses. She would do embroidery on those or do smocking um, and then what she would do is, jo- my grandma Josie would take a bag 
on the way to school and drop them off. And then she would go to school for the morning. And at lunchtime, when she came home, she'd go past the dress factory again, get a big bag of these collars and bring them home to her mother. And she did this every day. And during the day, her mother would just work on this needlework. um, And she'd work on it late into the night. And sure enough, the next morning, she had a full bag of collars and cuffs to be delivered back. And, you know, it was piecework. She Mm -hmm. got pennies for each each stitch she sewed. (laughs) Um, And one of the other jobs my grandmother had from that very early age of elementary school was to teach her parents English. Um, So her mom and dad both spoke Slovenian, and they had settled in an area with a lot of other people from Yugoslavia. And so the children would come home from school and sit with their parents and teach the lessons that they had learned so that the parents could learn English. And as a community, they also practiced for their citizenship exam together. And so they would try to remember questions from the exam and and they would study and write down the questions and what the answers were right. so that um, they could pass that test. So wow. both her parents became citizens. She was obviously naturalized because she was born here. But um, yeah, they were they they grew up in that sort of environment. One of the things she talks about from her childhood that I always loved was, despite the fact that they really didn't have much, they always had a party. Yeah. <laughs> the the miners worked um, long hours and a very difficult job, but every weekend uh, they would have a party in someone's backyard, and oh, one of the so families sweet. would host, and everybody would bring something, and the men would play a game that was um, similar. It sounds like to what we call bocce ball. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was called Bellina, um, but they they would play these yard games, and they would drink moonshine or homemade wine and uh, they didn't have a lot for entertainment but the the families would sing and harmonize together oh, or so play sweet. their instruments yeah and a little was, bit of the old village feel. for sure for sure they just had recreated it there so that was one of the other things they did to raise money her father knew how to make moonshine and he had a copper still okay and one of her jobs when she was very little was to stay awake and change out the bottle. That's so funny. <laughs> right. So as the booze is distilling, it drips, mm-hmm. drips, drips, drips into the bottle. And she said, your head would just be nodding off because you're waiting for the dumb bottle to fill, but you can't spill any of it. So right. your job is to stay there and wait and then move the jar and put the next one under without missing a drop. Oh so that was Josie's job because she was the oldest. Um, her sister Vicky was the thinnest. So her mother took an old coat and sewed a bunch of pockets in it, and she put the bottles in it, and Skinny Vicky had to go around and sell the moonshine. Oh. And the kids would tease her. We know what you've got under your jacket. Oh and she was so afraid of getting in trouble. But yeah, that was her job. <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah. Wow. Resourceful. Very resourceful. He would have, uh, she said her father would have someone help scoop up like any fruit that fell off the trees that Mm -hmm. was not fit for canning or Mm -hmm. whatever because he would make the i guess mash out of it for the alcohol um because it kind of ferments and it it doesn't have to be pretty nice looking fruit Mm -hmm. to do that um but yeah and then he had these barrels and then he knew how to adjust the alcohol content Mm -hmm. and he had (laughs) wine for men and wine for women oh right one was stronger than the other other. that's interesting 
Yeah, so grandma was the oldest. Of how many? She had, um, well, by her mom and dad, there were four. So it was my grandmother and then her brother, Tony, and then her sister, Vicky, and then her sister, Mamie. Um, and then unfortunately, her dad uh, passed away. Well, in an this accident. is a big story. Yeah. This is one of the, is this one of the first real obstacles, hardships that Josie had to face? I, I really think this was like a life defining. Moment. moment for not just for her, but for her whole family. So um, she was already working and helping out in another family's home. And uh, she would do things like, you know, empty the ash bin and help the kids get ready for school and help clean the house. Someone in the town, a, a young man who today we would say had special needs mm-hmm. um, or maybe was delayed in his learning. And he ran up to this neighbor's house where she was working and he said, um, your pa died, just blurted it out. Mm. And she said, that's mean. Don't say things like that. That's mm-hmm. terrible. And he said, I crossed my heart. And he crossed his fingers over his heart. And the lady she worked with said, I don't, I don't think he would tease about that. Mm-hmm. You better find out what's going on. I want to say she was maybe 11. Okay. She was pretty little. She grabbed her brother, Tony, and they went looking on the path where her dad walked home, and they found him. Um, he had fallen off a bridge and broken his neck. Oh, my gosh. And in her later years, when she was getting some little bit of dementia and forgetfulness, it always struck me that that story just was stuck inside of her. Right. And she would tell it over and over. Yeah, she told and, me when I was... yeah. With her sitting in the hospital. Did she? Mm-hmm. And she And she I already knew said, the story because you had told yeah. me. Yeah. And she said that my grandmother had gorgeous blue eyes, and so mm-hmm. did her dad. And she said to Tony, We're supposed to close his eyes. So mm-hmm. they each closed one of his eyes. Um, but as you can imagine, I can't. um, in maybe early nineteen thirties, mm-hmm. um, to lose the only money earner in your family. Right. It was depression. Four years. little children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, you know, her mom was offered mother's assistance, but in order to get that, she would have had to sell the home that her husband built. She was, she was not comfortable doing that. Mm-hmm. And so she kept the home. She didn't get any aid at all. Mm-hmm. And she started doing a lot more work, farm work. She would cut hay. She would raise pigs. She would do, she did everything. To and this try is to Josie's her, mom. Josie's mom. Mm-hmm. And uh, she, my grandmother would say, my mother could work like a man. Mm-hmm. She said, you would see her coming up the hill. She would go into the woods near them and she would cut fern leaves. And then she would come and dump them into the pigsty to kind of keep the sty from getting too muddy. Mm-hmm. Um, she would say that her mom would ask the neighbors for their scraps for the pigs but if something on the scraps looked edible for her children she would give it to her children and i remember my grandmother saying to me her ma found some half-eaten pancakes on the scrap pail and just rinsed them under the sink and threw them in a frying pan and put them in front of them and she was like but we were hungry so right so you ate it we ate yeah really they were on the brink of starvation. Absolutely. They really were. So and the garden helped feed them. The garden helped feed them. They raised pigs. Mm-hmm. What, what she they had, you know, she had chickens, so they had eggs. Um, but they were really kind of barely scraping by. There you have it. Our introduction to Josie. 
She learned so many lessons from her mother, some of which were to be self-reliant, to utilize the resources you have at hand, that hard work is the key to surviving lean and troubled times, and certainly to put one foot in front of another and keep going. Please join us next week to hear how 13-year-old Josie continued to help support the family and help make ends meet. Thank you for listening to another episode of What Does Your Family Look Like? Please like and subscribe and follow us on all social media at WDYFLL, the podcast.